Hello, podcast listeners. Good morning, evening, good day, afternoon. You know, anytime. <laughs> whatever you can Whatever, whatever time it is Happy in Russia. Apparently. Yeah, I hope the weather's well. <laughs> Anyways, this is Patty and Sam. And uh, this is uh, my first time. A Real Housewives Tale. And we are back. We're back and better than ever. Honestly, I think that was our best opening because neither of us fucked up our name. Um, and we also both remembered what this podcast was called. Progress. Pro- it took uh, seven episodes of this real <laughs> of this podcast. It's a real tongue twister. Yeah. Also, as I've been saying, and I'm very excited to announce, we do have a Twitter. Finally. You can find us at my underscore housewives. That's my underscore housewives. So tweet us. Tweet, tweet, please. Anyways, um, so we left off uh, Reunion Season 1, and now we are starting with the creme de la creme of the Real Housewives franchises. Of the Real Housewives seasons, I mean. Yes, Season 2 is... So we're, we're going to be covering three episodes, and uh, boy, did they start, in my opinion, with the bang. I think they did, too. Okay, so... Um, Three the we're we're gonna do the first three episodes because I think that they run um, the easiest as far as timeline is concerned, mm-hmm. and so just a quick rundown of the first three episodes. You can Danielle has a um, is still salty from the last season and the release of the book, which n- none of the Real Housewives really had any part in, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also have Gia walking in a fashion show, and then. Uh, Christine Danielle's daughter walking in a fashion show which we will all get to um, but the first episode is of the you know kind of re um, catching up with everyone yeah catching up with everybody uh, Teresa's still pregnant and Jacqueline's still pregnant well no Jacqueline gave birth yeah we see like that's how it kind of starts off with the home video yeah of her giving birth um, Nicholas is adorable yeah really cute mm-hmm um, so in the sort of episodes, the, these three episodes anyways, um, Jacqueline gives birth and she's having a conversation with Caroline, um, about how Danielle never acknowledged Nicholas. I think that, um, so let's back up on why that's significant. Okay. So, um, in one of these episodes, I don't rem- remember honestly which one it is, um, so Christine, Danielle's daughter, um, gets contacted from IMG, I think it is, um, that they're a, a modeling agency, and they liked her look, and she's beautiful. And so she went uh, and did a photo shoot, and she got on the cover of, I think it was called The Daily mm-hmm. Magazine. Um, according to Danielle, that's a really big deal to people in the know. In I the guess know. I'm not in the know. But I've never heard of the daily. I haven't either. But she was like, it's every, like, Anna Winter reads it. And come, come. But do they? Yeah, that's what she says. People in the business. I mean, I don't even know if it's a well, like, it's, it's, a, it's a well, like, distributed book. Really. I mean, I guess in fairness, it was backstage at a fashion show. Yeah. She, okay, so she was, um, Christine was being photographed by Jill Ben Simone, 
which for the Real Housewives fanatics like myself, um, you would recognize him because he's Kelly Ben Simone's ex-husband and father of kids. Sam there you know who that is. Nope, blank, blank face right now, but it's all <laughs> coming full circle for those of you in the know. In the, in the know. Um, he is a very well-known like fashion photographer. I've heard of him. I have not heard of his wife, but I've heard of him because I love Tyra Banks and I love America's Next Top Model. Oh, and I'm okay. pretty sure he did some shoots on there. But um, anyways, so she gets this cover and, um, and Danielle then wants to throw a luncheon to celebrate Christine. And we will touch on that next because I wrote down a word-by-word -word conversation she had with her daughters when that decision was made. Um, but she decided to reach out to Dina and to Jacqueline to invite them to this unveiling where basically it was just her opportunity to have people celebrate her, which is weird because it's not her accomplishment. Yeah. But I digress. Um, and uh, Jacqueline says, you know, my husband, as you know, doesn't want me to hang out with you. And it's a tricky situation right now because I would love to celebrate her. I'm so proud of her. I'm so excited for you. I wish both of you nothing but the best. And she was very kind. Um, and Dina says, I, I think I have a prior engagement that day. Let me get back to you. And we later hear that Dina does, in fact, get back to her and say, I can't go. Um, but uh, I'm so distracted with you right now. We're on your phone. Oh, sorry. Um, but anyways, so Jacqueline, I think, was very gracious. I think she was very mature. I think... Um, she was very kind. Mm -hmm. And she sent over flowers, um, a bouquet of roses, to congratulate Christine and Danielle, to some extent, on yeah. her cover. Yeah. Um, and this is after the luncheon had already occurred and Danielle left two open seats for yep. no apparent reason, even though both of them told her beforehand, well in advance, they weren't coming. She left them open so she could make a scene and point it out. And she made a point to do it. Like, there were so many women at that luncheon. I would say at least a dozen yeah. women. And she pointed it out. And those two chairs were right beside her in yeah. an awkward position. It was just so Danielle. Things that Ugh. most people... I mean, I've had, like, friends who couldn't make it to, like, let's say a birthday dinner. It's not like I left a seat open and was like... Look who's not here. Like, that's just weird. And and so just to just to cycle back, Christine, so when they're having the conversation, Christine was like, oh, so I can invite my friends and, you know, I that's can do what this. I was gonna, and that's what like, I was going to hit later that I had yeah. word for word. Yeah. Because um, uh, what, what was said was um, Danielle says to... Christine and her other daughter is there as well. I'm blanking on her name. Jillian. Jillian. Um, Danielle says, are you happy I'm doing this for you? And then Jillian responds, so is she allowed to invite her friends? Meaning is Christine allowed to invite her friends to this? And Danielle responds saying, well, it's not for her to come to. This is an event thrown to celebrate her and she's not allowed to go yeah 
And Danielle goes, well, I haven't had anything to celebrate, like, in a while, so. Yeah. What the fuck? This woman, I feel like she's such a narcissist. Yeah. Like, all she thinks that everyone is thinking about her all the time. Yeah. And nobody actually gives a shit. It's yeah. just her. Yeah. Um, but we can come back to that because we were kind of on a different point, which was, um, so all of that happens and, you know, it was a really kind gesture by Jacqueline, but classic Danielle, she's not happy about it. Mm -hmm. So she calls her once, she doesn't answer and she kind of leaves like a nice voicemail, which the setup to it was weird to begin with because Jillian's in the room and she doesn't want her mom to call because she thinks she's being ridiculous. Yeah. Um, which, very sad. You could tell Jillian was uncomfortable. Yeah, because she kept saying, I, do you, I think I should leave the room. I think I should leave the room. I think I should leave the room. And her mom is like, no, I need you here for moral support. Right. Like, your child should not be giving you. Your child is 12. Yeah. And she's like, I think I should leave the room. And so she calls that first time and leaves a somewhat nice voicemail. And then she decides, I'm still angry. Mm -hmm. so um then she finally says oh baby i think it's time you leave the room and she goes yep and she's like out of and there she's like darts out of there and then she calls a second time and leaves right. a nasty voicemail to jacqueline saying i thought mm -hmm. you were your own woman i've um, made all the moves it's your turn now yeah which is weird considering she just told you she can't hang out with you so what moves I... there's no moves pointless there's there's no moves the, the whole point of it is, Danielle, is that she can't be friends with you right now. Like, she she has a newborn baby, uh, another 10-year-old, or however um, old Chris is, and Ashley. She's got a lot on her plate. And a husband. And I don't know if she works, but I would imagine that she has at least some responsibilities in her own house that she has to take care of. She doesn't... She, She's not your keeper, Danielle. She's not like this, like, tag-along best friend that you can... People have lives. Yeah. So I found that the... I found the voicemail was loaded, one. Mm -hmm. And there was this underpinning of, I don't respect you. I don't even respect you enough to hear what you're saying to me. Well, it, it was that, and it was like her saying over and over again as the narcissist, my life is more important than yours. So regardless of what's going on and how could this, this could affect you personally, emotionally, maritally, right. I don't give a fuck. This right. is all about me. Yeah. And over a luncheon. Yeah. And she was polite. She sent flowers. And Jacqueline acted, or Danielle, excuse me, acted as if she was so offended right. at the audacity she would dare to send congratulation flowers. It's like a normal person would have that and be like, wow, that's really sweet. You know, I know you're keeping your distance, but it's so thoughtful that you yeah. took the time to spend your money on flowers, which aren't cheap. And no, and they were delivered. Us. Yeah. Flower delivery is expensive. It really is. Granted, I know like... They're supposed to have money and stuff. But nonetheless, the thoughtfulness of it was was clear. Right. Um, I, um. I just was so annoyed with her in that moment. But then what you had started off talking about was that um, 
Jacqueline then goes over to Chris or to Caroline's um, with the new baby, and they're all hanging out. And she's like, "I know I shouldn't tell you this, but," and she tells her everything that happened. Mm-hmm. And then Caroline asks her what she coins the million dollar question, and mm-hmm. she's not wrong. Did she ever say anything to you when Nicholas was born? Mm-hmm. And Jacqueline is silent. Mm. Mm-hmm. She's just the answer's no. Mm-hmm. She didn't. I was like, God, that's. I thought it was just so telling. You have to be a friend in order to like have a friend. Mm-hmm. And Danielle doesn't. I mean, say what you want about Danielle and other relationships. We're talking about her relationship with Jacqueline at this time. And she is not being a good friend to Jacqueline. As um, Just as a side note, I remember distinctly when this Sam was watching this episode because I think you either texted me or called me afterwards. And you were yeah. like, this is crazy. Danielle, D- Danielle is crazy. We have to do another podcast episode so we can talk about this. Yes, because I... I as I said in our last episode, I really wanted to root for her. You know, yeah. she was the the underdog, as I see it, that nobody liked. And I was like, they do they just have to be seeing things wrong? Yeah. But, like, the further I get into this, the more I'm like, oh, I was the one that was super wrong. Because she is... Delusional. Delusional. I mean, I can't, I can't fathom a person quite like her who... She truly does sit around and think about them. She ruminates on them. Oh, my gosh. And then... She, she like, salivates on it. Yeah, and then they don't think about her. No! They only talk about her when something happens, and they they have to, but they even even don't want to talk to her. Like, Caroline says throughout almost every episode, it feels this entire season, maybe, I don't know yet, but Mm. that she's tired of talking about her. Who would it be and i feel for all of the women um who have to deal with danielle yeah um which i also really wanted to talk about kim d okay um because so we see in the first episode and there was just so much for us to talk about oh um that uh, apparently um Al and Caroline throw a yearly fundraiser for the sheriff. I guess he's a good personal friend. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, and she, she being Danielle, hears about this mm. and um, is just filled with anger, which makes no sense because she supposedly doesn't give a shit about the manzos and, and doesn't care, doesn't care. But then she's livid. She's not invited to something. So much so that she, okay, so she got into her car. She wasn't, she, she wasn't coming home from something. She wasn't uh, running errands. With her children. With her children. But she actively got in her vehicle and drove to Franklin Lakes, which I don't know is close to her house. I I don't. But But the fact is, is that she was going to go and, and, Go by Caroline's house, which I don't know what go by means. Like, are you just, are you in the park? I don't know either. And like, the sad thing is, is her daughters, once again, her daughters had to be the voice of reason. The sophomore in high school and the junior high kid had to be like, don't be a crazy stalker. Yeah. You're crazy. 
like right don't, now. Don't go do that. You're going to look crazy. Like, this is embarrassing. Like, go home. If her kids had not been in the back seat, she would have gone. She would have gone. And what is she going to do? That's the thing that I kept not understanding. Is she going so she can look and be angrier? Is she going to walk up where there's literally a room full of fucking sheriffs that could, like, arrest her for trespassing? Right. Like, what is she going to do? What are you... What, yeah. And it was an event. If you wanted to go, buy a ticket. True. And also, why, though? Why does she care so much? I mean, she goes on and on about... They, they're just, they don't let me live my life and all this stuff they're doing to me. And it's like, you're the only one hooked on this. You are so, I, I do think from a psychological perspective that Danielle has a, has a control problem. Yes. But she also has this weird way of wanting to be liked by people who want nothing to do with her and the only way that she can try and convince them to like her is by inserting herself into every into every kind of nook and cranny that she can insert herself in yeah she seems to have like this OCD thing about her when it comes to stuff like this I mean it's almost like a drug she can't let it go she just can't be like yeah, you know, I don't like them, which I don't actually believe is entirely true. I think no. she's very jealous of them. Uh, they don't like me. Whatever, I'll find people who do. Like, that would be a healthy response. That would be a completely healthy response. But I also, I think with Danielle, one, she's still very much stuck on what happened last season because the beginning of episode one, season two, she's, t- she's going to a, a priest yeah. And asking, you know, those women don't go to church. I go to church every Sunday. Okay, sure. I'm sure. And right. um, I want to I learn how to pray for those women. Danielle, the best thing that you can do, the best advice I can give you is move the fuck on. Yeah. Don't pray for those women. They don't give a shit about you, girl. Move on. Move. Like, move out of New Jersey. Also, if you really want to pray for them, actually do do it with kindness in your heart. Sure. Don't do it as a mechanism to show how changed you are because you're not actually changed. Like it's all a show. None of it is genuine. There's no, I mean, if, if you're really that person, you don't need to show it. You go to bed at night and they're in your prayers and you say, I wish you the best. Totally. But she's obviously not changed. And she went to a priest in order to show like as a, like as a prop. Yeah. That she's somehow love it, you know, living in the love and light, and it's like, okay, that's wonderful. Yeah, good for fucking you. But you're causing everybody a lot of damage. Yeah, in the process. And I think she enjoys it. I think she likes steamrolling over people's lives because I feel like she's so miserable in her own life. The fact yeah. that like people don't like her, the fact that she's single, the fact that like. Truly all she has, it feels, is her children who are entitled to live their own lives. And it sometimes seems she's not letting them, letting them grow. do that. Yeah. Um, um, and I think she just wants to take other people down with her. Yeah. But I, I, I kind of got off topic because I wanted to say Kim D. We see her as the owner of Posh. Is that okay. right? Um, a store that Danielle shops in. And 
for some reason, I, I don't know if they had a previous friendship, but she... No, they didn't. Yeah, she opens up to her about, like, Jacqueline said she doesn't want to be my friend anymore, and blah, blah, blah. And to Kim D's credit, she does start off by saying, oh, she's so sweet, you know? Yeah. And then I, I don't know if I think she... I can see from Danielle's perspective, she definitely thought we are friends. And I mean, she did say that like yeah you know love you bb which was really cringe yeah um but it seemed like the advice that kim d was giving her was like don't worry about them don't worry about them like we're tough sicilian women don't worry about them yeah and then you see her at the sheriff's event oh god and she's trashed yeah with her boyfriend and both of them just start talking shit about danielle yeah because apparently her boyfriend not a fan. She called Danielle a pig. Or he called Danielle a pig. I, so, there's a lot to unpack here, but my, um, the, the thing that I want to go to is Dina's response to the, to Kim D and her boyfriend, because I, I found it, I found it so mature in the sea of immaturity, where Dina goes, that really put me off. I hate two-faced people. If, if you're not going to like somebody, you show that same dislike to them to their face. And I found that so authentic because... A lot of character. A lot of character. Because I think that it is tough to, to show people that you don't like them. But in the end, it, it's going to serve you and them better in the long run. I so badly wanted you to finish that with, In the end, it doesn't even... <laughs> <laughs> um... No, thank you. Okay. Is it Hoobastank that's in the song? Yeah, maybe you're right. Not a fan. I haven't heard of or thought of that song in maybe years. A long time. But for some reason, I was like, man, that really would fit right here. Oh, I should have. No, I mean, it's because of you that I got into classic rock. And now all I can can listen to is like Queen, (laughs) a lot of Brian Adams. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good, it's a good choice, and I, I, I feel like I would put money on that Danielle, if I had to guess. I feel like she's either like total '80s hairband, <laughs> right, or because that was her glory years. Yeah. Or I feel like it's like really fucking dirty rap, uh, like that because she's trying to be young and cool and fresh, and like maybe. I feel like she would think like this is cool. Well, maybe she's probably one of those people that thinks Chingy is good as good music. Right. That's <laughs> okay. She probably was one of the people who, when um, she what's that song that would had um, he had the Miley Cyrus's dad, Billy Ray Cyrus, oh, sure. and he was what is the song he did that Achy Breaky Heart? No, 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 the one that just was big now about the oh with like little X or whatever. Take my Oh yeah, sure. I feel like she would have been one of those ones who probably did like some sort of dance video and put it on TikTok to that song. Oh like, yeah, probably. That's what I see from her. I yeah, I see a number of things from Danielle, all of which are not good. I just I I so go, going back to the sheriff's dinner, I think that Caroline, I don't know, I didn't think that it was her finest moment. I think that. I mean, of course, Caroline is very open about how she doesn't like Danielle, but I, I don't think that you need to trash somebody either. Like you, you know me well enough, uh, Sam, where if I don't like somebody, I make it very well known. 
Yeah. I don't spend my time or days or re- even thoughts thinking about that person. Just no, it's, it on. it's probably just, oh, not a fan. That's over it. Yeah. It's not like you spend a lot of time explaining why. Um, or and it's not necessary, it though. No. Yeah. Um, so just another thing that I want to touch on, just how Danielle finds out about the sheriff's dinner is when she's at the spa and she, right, she's getting a pedicure. Yeah. Cause we had this conversation and you went off on it uh, and I, rightfully so where Danielle talks about how Dino is stacking shells at the salon that, that she goes to. And it's like, yeah, so we all started somewhere. I mean, I worked retail for 10 years. What are you going to say? Right. Yeah, she does. I've totally forgot about that, that she says, um, the first time I ever saw Dina, she was here and stacking shelves. Yeah. She's like, but whatever, I don't judge. And it's like, well, why are you, did you bother saying it then? Right. Clearly you judge. And also, aren't you the one who's constantly talking about how broke you are and how difficult it is to make ends meet? Yeah. And yet you're here getting a pedicure and not working? Yeah. Riddle me that one, Danielle. At least Dina, you you saw her in, in season one, and I don't know if she's working in season two, probably. Probably not. But but Dina in season one is saying, like, I'm I'm working really, really hard and I'm missing time with my child. And then you have Danielle who's getting a fucking pedicure, showing a real estate agent her house, which is kind of shit, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, complaining about money. Yeah. And then going to Posh store and bragging about how she has an outstanding bill. A crazy like was it 400 700 I don't know some something I certainly would not be comfortable with at any store but like a friend store especially right. wow what a precarious I mean, dynamic that would be like um Sam and I I mean we eat out quite a bit um we just ate out this evening and I Pasta. think we've, yeah we've <laughs> always been straight about money we've always cut everything down the middle and I think that as a friend you do that to your other friend. I mean, if Sam needed 20 bucks, of course I'd give it to her. But, like, you know, you, you don't take advantage Patty. of that friendship in that way. <laughs> well, I think I have, like, six bucks in my wallet. Anymore. But you know what I'm saying, though, right? Like, yeah, I, I don't take advantage of, of, of the fact that, you know, if, if Sam was loaded, that I just ask for $100 whenever I feel like it. No. No, absolutely not. You respect your friend. And also, this is somebody's livelihood. Right. Like, you're literally taking product from her store right. that she then can't sell to a customer who can actually pay. Right. And taking that out of her bottom line. Right. I would have a problem with that. I, I wonder if there's an interest accruing, because I would, I think there should be. Um, um, I think it goes when some of my friends, I had a friend of mine, a close, close friend of mine, um, love you, girl. Um, I really do love you a lot. I wish I could say your name, but I can't. Um, you're from Winnipeg. That's a good hint. Um, she, she would often ask me for legal advice and she would like make me like draft her mom's will. And there was a point where I was like, uh, people pay me a lot of money to do this. I'm not going to. No, I mean, this is insane. I'm not, there's only so much that I can help you with, but I'm not going to do, you know, your entire, your mom's yeah. entire trust. And not only that, but you have to think about like, am I covered? Like yeah. malpractice insurance for doing that? Like right, just, right. 
I know you guys all care out there, but these are the things you got to consider. Don't ask your friends with a law degree for free legal advice because it can fuck us in the end. Well, I mean, just because you're in jail doesn't mean I have to do your bond hearing, you know? Anyways, uh, we spent a lot of time on Danielle. There are other things that are that are going on. I do want to just add this. one thing in her favor because oh, sure. there's a lot of um, negativity criticism that is justified in my opinion. We've gone on for half an hour. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I will say this: I feel bad for her because she does not appear to have loyal friends. Um, mm. Granted, I don't think it's a good friend to ever say, like, you can't be friends with that person if I'm friends with you. Yeah. But I think that you also should expect if your friend is going to be friends with somebody you're not friends with, you don't get together and talk shit about me. Like, don't bring my name up with somebody that, you know, I don't like, they don't like me. If you want to be their friend, fine. But don't sit there and talk about me with each other. Oh, at the dinner? Yeah, which we see Kim D, like, you know, go off. And I just, I felt bad for her in the sense that, like, for I really would not like it if my friends were f- friends with people that I consider my enemies, as she does. But I really, really wouldn't like if my friends get together with my enemy and talk shit about me. Yeah, I would have a problem with that. And I feel like when Kim D was talking about her, she was like, we're not friends. Like, she barely knew my mom and took her pasta. Like, I don't even know her. And I thought that was completely disingenuous because you just told what's-her-face Danielle that, like... How great it was. Yeah, you're such a good person, this, that, and the other. I don't know. I just found it really problematic. It was two-faced. the whole thing was problematic. Yeah. 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 I... I was uncomfortable. And I just want to say this, too. Because in in the the three episodes that we're reviewing, um, she Danielle invites three like what a dozen women. None of them go to her daughter's fashion show. Right. And I understand that like um, going to a fashion show is a huge privilege. There's only you know so many seats, and you can't invite everybody. And so I I, I don't know, but the fact is is that Caroline and Jacqueline both go to Teresa's daughter's fashion show and show mm-hmm. their support. I think there's something to be said about the fact that Danielle had really nobody. Yeah. Um, Not even the girl's father. Yeah, who shows up for you. I mean, it matters. Um, and kind of continuing on that, um, you know, we discussed already about how Danielle chews Jacqueline out for being fucking nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's not the only one chewing Jacqueline out for being nice. We see um, Caroline at lunch with her and Teresa, mm. and she calls her the weakest link oh, to her face. Yeah. And, like, Teresa and her are both, like, nodding, like, mm-hmm, we're the tough ones. That's why she's talking to you. And it's like, Teresa, no, you're not. I yeah. mean, Caroline, maybe. But Teresa, no, you're not. The only reason why, um, uh, what's her face, why Danielle isn't calling you is because you're, she's not interested in you. And also, wouldn't a weak link, if we're actually even considering this, yeah, wouldn't it be um, somebody who doesn't say, I can't, doesn't say what their husband wants, you know, and, and yeah. like 
they would just like secretly get together behind their back, you know, right. like they'd play both sides. Isn't it pretty strong that she confronted the situation and said, you know what, my husband matters. Yeah. And my family matters, and I'm going to respect what they've asked of me, and we're going to distance ourselves. Right. I thought that was pretty strong. I. She didn't have to do it. I, I, I really do 100% think that, um, that, uh, they they say that because Jacqueline is nice. Like, not because of the fact that she's weak. I think that she's nice. And maybe Caroline and Teresa view that niceness as weakness. Because they're not that nice? Yeah. Yeah. But everyone likes to think they're super nice. It's funny. Um, and then, uh, so we also see Gia... She gets to walk on the catwalk as well. Mm-hmm. Adorable. She's the she's so cute. Oh my god. Um, and I I want to talk about that, but I just have to say this because I again it shocked me so much. I had to write down the quote. Mm-hmm. Um, both Gia, um, Teresa's daughter, and Christine, Danielle's daughter, are selected to walk in Fashion Week at a fashion show. Big deals. Super cool. Great for both of them. Mm-hmm. I doubt they were ever going up for the same jobs. Ever. <laughs> um, but that doesn't really seem to matter to Danielle. Um, she, for some reason, sees it as a competition between the two girls. Yeah. And she says, quote, she's not a supermodel. She's four foot tall. Well, uh, you nailed it, Danielle. She's eight. <laughs> So you're right. She's not appearing in Sports Illustrated. No. And she's not six feet tall. Yep. Nothing gets past you. Yeah, totally. You're spot on. God, it was so irritating. Why why would you say that? Like, it's one thing to be picking on Teresa, you know, whatever. Talk about the gaudy clothes, right? I I mean. Whatever. But don't pick on an eight-year-old. Why is that necessary? Because Petty. I agree. It's, I, it's, I, we've both said petty. that we will be petty, but that is a level I would not stoop to. No, and I also think that she does it because she wants this. She wants to feel superior to them in any cost, and it's like, dude, maybe some things are off limits, like the children. Maybe the children need to be off limits to you. Yeah. Also, she could have had opportunities to actually be superior, like. She could have come back from maybe the table flip and and behave differently and yeah I don't know she could have actually leveraged some times when they let their anger get the best of them but she couldn't do it she constantly had to stoop down yeah she had to stoop down to to their level but um, enough about her enough um, about Danielle annoying. Gia's so cute. Gia's so cute. Um, so before we go to Gia's cuteness, I want to talk about the the saga that is Al and Vito. Ooh, yes. Because such a like a like a under the radar storyline. I feel like I know. And because we were talking about this off off. I was gonna say off camera. We were not on camera. Camera um, ready. I am not. Girl. Anyways, so um, Al is Caroline's son, Albie, and, which is such a unique name. I mean, really is. Albie. Anyways, whatever. 
um, and Vito. Uh, they're best friends, and then Vito. Vito. Man, how Italian are all of these names? Just oh, have completely. to say. Albi, Vito, <laughs> Christopher, um, Teresa. Yeah. Even Joe. 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 Yeah. Bubbies. Bubbies. <laughs> Bubbies for life. Word. Anyways, um, what were we saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the tangents are real. Yeah. Um, Al and Vito, and how Al is giving Vito a difficult time because he's dating Lauren. And I think Lauren and Vito are really cute together. I agree. Even at the sheriff's dinner, they were really cute. But what I was going to say is I, I don't necessarily know if I would have that reaction that Al had. I, I don't know. I mean, I could just... I could just picture my brother dating somebody and like, I would imagine it would be weird if they broke up, but I don't think I would really, I don't know. I see. And I took a different approach. I actually understood his frustration, anger, whatever you want to frame it as, because he says, this is my best friend in the world. We lived together throughout college. Like Mm -hmm. he's, Like, that's his number one person, his go-to person. And I think that two things have to be running through his head. One, now what happens if you guys break up? Mm -hmm. I can't... I'm sure he had to have come to family events. I mean, he was working at the Brownstone, for God's sake. So they got him a job. Like, what happens if that breakup ends poorly? Does he get to see his friend? Does his friend lose his job? I mean, what happens? And then, um, two you're kind of losing your confidant because let's be real. You tend to tell your significant other everything, everything. And, and I would think twice before telling my best friend something before, you know, I, I really, if I'm struggling, if, if he has a fight with his family or if he even has a fight with Lauren and he just wants to let it out to his, his go-to person that he's been doing it to for the, however many years in their friendship. Yeah. That's gone now. I mean, I would never, I don't think I would want to share that stuff anymore because now you're looking at it from one, a different frame, a different lens, because you have this new relationship with Mm -hmm. this person that I could be venting about. And then two, yeah, are you going to say it? Well, I think I take the opposite view because if, if you're, if you're venting to the brother, then the brother is going to have a unique perspective because they know the girlfriend. No, but if he's, if, if Albie's venting, to Vito. Oh, that's what you're like saying. Like, if him oh, and Lauren okay. get in a fight... Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or if he even gets in a fight with, like, let's say his mom, and he doesn't want outsiders kind of adding, you know, fuel mm. to the fire, mm-hmm. if he tells Vito, Vito probably, like, laying in bed, right? And he'll be like, oh, how's things oh. with Albie? And then he'll tell. And then maybe Lauren will somehow be dragged into the fight because she'll be like, oh, well, he shouldn't have, you know. He shouldn't have said that. I yeah. was there. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it, it, it puts Albie in a really, really tough spot. But I also have to take the side of Vito and Lauren. When you are attracted to somebody and have that connection with somebody, you, you want to explore it. And so there really isn't anything that they can do. And yeah. I think Caroline made... So, so Vito and Al go into the kitchen and they talk and Caroline... Um, tells Lauren whatever they have to talk to that's none of your business yeah and I think that she she really helped facilitate that situation you know she was a good 
just a good person to keep everybody level-headed. I think, though, all in all, considering what I laid out as my concerns if I was him, I thought he actually handled it pretty mild. And by who, you mean what? By LB, I'm sorry. Um, I, If I was LB, I, I laid out previously what would be going through my head and what I would be worried about and why I would be angry. And I think, I, I still think it was a justified feeling. I mean, yeah. he's entitled to have his emotional reaction. Right. And I think that he still did a really good job of handling that emotional reaction because he he asked how are you two doing once to Lauren and she was the one who had the weird bad reaction to him even asking um and you know they went aside and they talked and I yeah I thought he tried to be reasonable you know I think because he's like I love my sister I want her to be happy this is just tough for me and I think it was all fair yeah I I do I do very much think that it was a hard situation, I think, for Lauren, too, because she she's protective of her new boyfriend. She's protective of her new relationship. And I think that she may have seen Al kind of trying to meddle a little bit, you know? Yeah, it uh, certainly was a love triangle. It was a love triangle, but in the worst way possible. Yeah. Because... I also felt bad for Lauren, because you don't want to feel like you can't celebrate your new relationship that you're excited about because she looked she happy looked so happy it was the cutest thing to yeah. see them together and to have him like at all the family events i thought it was cute like yeah that's a big deal bringing somebody to family events i oh, mean granted totally. he knows them from before but now it's different things have changed now he's a he could potentially be a manzo yeah i mean that's insane so i mean yeah. Tough for all involved. Tough for Vito, I'm sure, too. Because he and wants to And I think it's to tough for the parents, loyal. too. I would imagine it would be tough for Al and it would be tough for Caroline. Because not only are they now seeing uh, Lauren in a relationship, potentially in a very serious relationship, but they're also seeing, um, you know, almost the breakdown of a friendship between Al and Vito. I mean, it's just tough for all involved. But... I think that they took the right path of not inserting themselves and letting them work it out. Yeah. But I will say, I, I to me, and I was telling Sam this over over our dinner um, together, <laughs> um, where there's a scene and you see Lauren pouring a glass of wine and there's Al pouring a glass of wine. I think Chris had a glass of wine too. That would not be a norm in my house. I do not drink in front of my parents. It's very disrespectful. And I remember one time I had a beer when I was over, when I was home. I'm 31 years old, folks. Okay. I am not a spring chicken by any, by any stretch of the imagination. And I was home last year for Christmas and I had a beer in front of my mom and it was like I like released the Kraken. Like it was like I lit up a joint or something. <laughs> Did she say something? Yeah, absolutely. She's like, what are you doing? Um, having a, I'm having a beer. It was a Saturday. I was at home, not driving. Okay, folks. Mm-hmm. I was safely at home in my pajamas. 10 o'clock. I probably was watching an episode of The Real Housewives and my mom acted as though I was doing a drug deal. That's hilarious. Yeah. It's so funny to me because my parents are, I guess, the exact opposite. Like, sometimes it's my parents who are drinking, like, 
where if I'm at the bars with them and their friends, it's yeah. my parents who are like, oh my God, Sam, come take a shot with us. Stop being <laughs> such a baby. I don't think my mom's ever taken a shot of alcohol in her life. Oh my gosh. I've taken so many shots with my parents. Oh, my, no. I've told you the story of my mom finding one of my best friends sleeping in the bathtub Hmm. After a night out, and my mom had to hold my hair as I uh, <laughs> yeah. cleared out the system. Uh, it's, I mean, I was not, I would have gotten in trouble if I drank underage. That was not an okay thing in my right. household. My parents were really strict about don't get in trouble, you yeah. know, don't ruin your future. But as far as um, when I was of legal age, my parents were like, have fun and be safe. Safe mm. was the number one, you know, don't leave your beer behind. Don't drink and drive. My parents came and got me from so many bars and house parties over the years because they just said, like, we'd rather you call us. Never once. Never once did I ever call my parents. I don't even think my parents know that I went to a bar. Really? Yeah. And folks, I, I don't. Ugh, I really hope my mom doesn't listen to this, but I. I used to like tell my parents that I was sleeping over at a friend's house and I would fly to Toronto. That's a pretty big, (laughs) that's a pretty big deceit. And I would party. It's not like you just snuck out and went to like a boy's house or like a, you literally left left the province. I left the province. Yeah. And I moved and I didn't move. I like would fly everywhere and I would, I partied a lot when I was a kid, but like, I don't think they ever knew that. Wow. Um, that's pretty wild. I mean, I don't tell my parents all of my parting stories, but they do know a good number of them, to be honest. Um, not the salacious stuff, just the funny stuff. Um, but I mean, I remember one time calling my mom to come get me and, um, I, I had a mug in each hand and I was like dancing down the street like as my method of like getting her attention like using the mugs <laughs> as if they were like flashlights or something and here's the best part in all of this so my, my friends that I was with that night getting plastic yeah. with like um I don't know why this was the conversation that night at the table but it was about anal oh sure so as I get into the car with my mom anal's on my mind so you found the combo with your mom. So I talk about it with my mom, and I my mom did not ask for this. I voluntarily, <laughs> Pinky promised my mom that it would be a one-way street. You'd never do it? Yeah. My, and my mom was like, all right. You know, she's like <laughs> laughing. And like, it's, she's like, I mean, you didn't like owe this to me, but okay. <laughs> and so, Good for you. Yeah, I gave my mom a Pinky promise. I was like, Mom, I just want you to know. I'm, I'm never, never going to do it. Anal. <laughs> my mom was like. Okay. <laughs> I can picture your mom like, all right, whatever you say, Sam. Yeah, just like, ooh, tomorrow's going to be rough for you. Yeah. I really should pinky promise somebody that I would never do anal. That's a, that's a pinky promise that lasts for life. And it's a pinky promise that you can weirdly bring up in those situations, and then nobody's into you talking about a pinky promise yeah. to your mom. <laughs> yeah. So it ruins the mood, and you don't have to do anything. Um, I can't do anal because I pinky promised my mom. Um, I've said that. Fair. I have said that, and they go, what? <laughs> 
you did what with your mom? Yeah. Pinky promise. And you don't break a pinky promise to your mom. No. Anyways. anyways. Yeah, getting back on track here. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, so moms. Uh, I, I wrote this down. I'm, I take some notes of the things, my big impressions as I'm watching. And one of the things that I, I wrote, I am so sick of Danielle thinking, oh, wait, I talked about that one. <laughs> um, I wrote, Danielle needs to stop talking about modeling as if she has any experience in the kind of modeling Christine is doing. Christine is not in lingerie next to a truck. Burn. Sam is putting the screws to Danielle this episode of The Real House. Oh my God, it was so annoying when she kept saying like, oh, you'll get used to this. And, oh, this photographer and all oh, this. And like yeah. in my modeling days. And it's like, what modeling days? You were never at New York Fashion Week. You no. were probably in some sort of JCPenney spread. Or like, well, she was in Miami. Like my understanding from her modeling career was that she was based in Miami. And what I've seen of models in Miami is that they're very like the, the, the. It's not high fashion, is it? No. I I mean, it's very like lingerie. It's like a bikini spread, right? Right. Yeah. But I don't even think she was, she was that successful that she was even getting that. I mean, I'm sorry, Beverly. You were selling drugs. I also yeah, want to. She clean. also was a go-go dancer, so I can't imagine her modeling career really took off that much. No, either. I also want to make this clear because she talks in the at least at the beginning of the the episodes about how she, you know, just did probation and she was only arrested. You were convicted of a crime. Okay, you pled guilty. That means you were convicted. Right. So stop going on about how you were just arrested. You were convicted on federal charges. Let's let's be let's be real here. Yeah, she has a very um, selective memory, memory, and and just language regarding the whole thing. Because I remember from season one, the infamous table flip. She goes, two things are true. I changed my name and I was arrested. Then. Based on the fact that you were arrested, aren't more things true? You know, <laughs> it's very convenient. It's a very convenient narrative and it's a very convenient spin of the facts. But we all know that that's just not true. Like, you, can, I, I don't like that. I don't like it because I think she's lying. And she's lying to people who don't know enough to... I feel like catch on right like they're not going to notice the language she's using right but um you know despite all of this she somehow has really great kids she has really great kids and she looks really great she does she does i mean she she has a rockin' bod i think all of them do honestly yeah but i mean i don't i don't think it's surprising that she can get 20 some year old men she does look really good she does yeah um but I don't know if anything's really, I would say, happening necessarily with Dina in these three episodes. Not, I mean, she talks to her energist, and I think a lot of it is surrounding Danielle. And this, uh, so in The Real Housewives, there's always kind of that one castmate that everybody revolves around as far as an issue. 
And I shouldn't say all of them. I, I should say in some seasons, in some Real Housewives where that's an issue. I know in D.C. that was with the Salahis or the Salahis or whatever the hell. Well, there's going to be like an energy suck, right? Yeah. And I think in those seasons, it's always really exhausting um, because everybody else's storyline gets clouded by the fact that you have one person really taking over everything. Yeah. Yeah, we really don't see much of Dina beyond her saying, I don't know why she thought I was going to be there. I told her I could not come. I had a prior engagement. Yeah. I congratulated her. Yeah. I feel like she just just feels beaten up by the whole situation. Mm-hmm. I do want to touch on this, um, and, and this is another completely off topic, but still Real Housewives, is when Joe's making fun of Gia in the car. Mm-hmm. On the way to the fashion show. And and I think, I don't know, we both had a similar reaction to it where I think he was just joking. And you can tell that Joe was, was really proud of Gia. He was joking. I completely agree. But I think it was like a tone-deaf joke. Yeah. Because, you know, to him. I think him, it was a dad joke. It was for sure a dad joke. But I'm sure, you know, he's a big, kind of bulky dude. Yeah. He doesn't have the same sort of, I feel like, emotions that she's going through in that moment. And she's probably terrified to get on that catwalk. Yeah. And, like, what if she messes up and, like, embarrasses herself? As much as she's excited, I'm imagining there has to be fear and nerves. She's nervous, yeah, for sure. I would be. Yeah. Um. So I think it was just poorly timed. Yeah. Just because, like, even though in reality she's beautiful she would not be able to be walking on a catwalk if she was not beautiful yeah but to a little girl your dad says you're ugly and she's about to go take the plunge you know on the walk i'm yeah. sure it just did not it was not the best timing for him to make a joke like that no it wasn't it wasn't the best timing at all but i i i will say that after she does it um joe just looks so happy it's really cute i i think he was beaming I think that, um, yeah, when I, when I watched it the second time and we were talking about that, I did see like the smiles Mm -hmm. and the pride, but it was, I still think a slightly subdued only because like, I think he has this idea of an image of his that he has to protect. Like I'm a big, strong man. I don't, I don't, I don't react like my wife does, but I think even him in some of those moments couldn't hide. No. How happy he was. Um, Would it surprise you that his nickname in future seasons is Juicy Joe? Huh. That could go so many different ways. (laughs) Juicy Joe Judice. I'm going to go ahead right now, even though I know this is probably wrong. And I'm going to imagine it's because he is quite the barbecuer. No, that's definitely. Turns out real juicy, his burgers. That's definitely not it all right well i thought it was a i thought it was a good route to take so. no no <laughs> um i i think that the first three episodes are good i mean they, they give a they give a good sort of layup to the rest of the to the rest of the season absolutely i think they really do set up things well and i think i i think it sets up a really clear understanding for the exhaustion everyone feels with Danielle and what you, the viewer, feel with Danielle because you get to see what actually happened, the reality of the situation. And then they cut to her interview and she has the most bizarre take. 
and you sit there as a viewer and think, how did you get from what I just watched mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. how, how did you get that from that? How, how, is, how can you say A, which should be B, is now F? <laughs> Uh, I think um, I think on that note, Sam is fully immersed in the Real Housewives. I think so because I'm 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 emotionally there. You're emotionally I'm, invested. I'm frustrated with her. I want the best for everyone. Predictions on the rest of the season. Um, I think that Danielle is going to try to have some glory off the do her daughter's back. Yeah, I see that going on further um i see her um i i, I see something happening there between kim d and mm -hmm. her i think that's going to definitely be a storyline because she i think creates fast friendships with people because she kind of has nobody else so she's one of those people where wow we just met but okay yep you're right we'll spend four days in a row with each other and tell each other all our life secrets like, I think she's that person. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of how we were. Yeah. I didn't feel weird, though. I don't know. <laughs> like, it didn't feel one-sided. Oh, at yeah. Least. And I guess ours was slower. I mean, we would go on the bike rides and stuff. It was once I finally went golfing with you. Oh, yeah. Now you know a little bit about Sam and I's friendship. Yeah. It's a real whirlwind. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was a world, it was a world of romance. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I think that we'll see Teresa produce a really cute baby. Oh, all of her babies are so cute. They are. Yeah. Um, Stop. I, I think, Stop. uh, we'll see how Stop difficult it. it is to have four babies. Four beautiful, beautiful daughters. I think, yeah, I was just about to say, I think the next is going to be a girl because they weren't saying, but if history tells us anything. It's, it's, it's uh, Joe lady. produces a lot of girls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, I guess, you know, if they will maybe for Caroline, see more about Vito and Lauren and Alvi. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like Dina's, I'm not quite sure what they're going to do with her because it's just a lot of her just reacting to Danielle at this point. And I think that... Same with Jacqueline. Well, yeah. And I think that the... So I think that there was some legal problems with having Lexi on the show because of what happened in season one and with Danielle. Sure. And so that's why you don't see Lexi on the show for season two, which is really unfortunate because I think Dina's relationship with Lexi is really cute. Yeah. Um... And it just further solidifies the fact that they're all one big family because Lexi is, I think, really close with um, with Caroline's kids. Oh, okay. So, I mean, they're her cousins, and I, I don't know. The whole, the whole thing is just unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. I think their whole family is really sweet, and we've said it before um, when we're not rolling, uh, just how cute it is that Chris really has taken on the father role of Ashley and if they hadn't told us, the audience, that that's not her biological father, she we wouldn't have known. Never known. I mean, there's they. The love is clear. He he. I mean, say what you want about Danielle. Say what you want about Teresa or any of them. 
and the husbands or whatever, they all are very good parents. And yeah. I think the love shines through. And I think that's why New Jersey is known as the family Real Housewives franchise. It's because they they really take family into consideration. Family is very important. And it is, yeah, I mean, it, it, it runs through every episode. It, it runs through every interaction. Really? It really does. And, and Caroline being the my family comes first, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's, yeah. Yeah, totally. She's really the the matriarch with an iron fist. I mean, for real though. Um, I I love season two. Season two is my favorite. Yeah, I'm excited to keep going. I know. I'm really really excited. It's gonna the be so much fun. The previews that were coming up as we were like ending that episode. I'm ready, man. So the previews for that episode, and this isn't cheating because it's part of the the Real Housewives. Is is that you see a very tense interaction with Teresa. We see a lot of the camera being cut very sharp. It's, it's yeah. you know, there must have been some running at some point going on from something. Yeah, but but a tense interaction. You see, um, I think, Danielle um, being carried away by a very bl- big man. And... Um, so I'm excited for you to watch the rest of Real Housewives. I think it'll be great. Um, we do put out podcasts every two weeks. Boop, boop. Boop, boop. Um, what are we going to do for the... Alright, so again, our Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us at my underscore housewives. Yep, my underscore housewives. Tweet at us. Tweet it. And you can also find us on um, Anchor, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Okay. Bye.